0: From the Heritage Foundation in Washington, D.C., I'm Tim Descher, and this is another episode of Heritage Explains Live. Okay, okay, okay. We're seeing it all over the media. We're seeing photos and, and video of ships parked off of the coast in Los Angeles. We're seeing it in a grocery store with empty shelves. We're reading it on menus about how they're out of certain things. The term supply chain is all over the place. So this week, we brought in our trade economist, Tori Smith, to debunk all of the misinformation we're hearing, correct the narrative, and also posit the right policy prescriptions in how to fix this problem. Heritage Explains Live is a video format that we've been trying out here where we go on live and take your questions on Facebook and YouTube. It's a really cool thing, so please, next time we do it, feel free to join us. But if you miss that don't worry, we turn it into a podcast and we're posting it here. So please, let us know what you think of it. So John Pop, let's roll this episode. Okay, all right, all right, all right. We heard you, everybody. We are here, we are back, Heritage Explains Live. From the Heritage Foundation in Washington, D.C., we're live, baby. This is it. So, welcome. Um, now, let's cut right to it. We're seeing it all over the country, all over the news in our grocery stores, in our hardware stores, on menus at restaurants. Shelves are empty. Prices are higher. The term supply chain is everywhere. And I'm not sure I ever remember it being such a prevalent term, but it is. You know, We see ships parked off of the Los Angeles coast. Uh, it's unlike anything I've really ever seen before in my mid to short life, Tori. Um, But everybody is talking about it. So we wanted to take a break from the news hype and get to the heart of it. My name is Tim Desher. I'm the co-host of the Heritage Explains podcast here at the Heritage Foundation. And I'm very excited, very, very excited to welcome my friend, my colleague, Tori Smith. She is the trade economist here at the Heritage Foundation And she's going to break this down for us today as best as possible, right? We'll see. You're going to do it. I'm going to try. Okay, yeah, that's good. All right, sweet. One of the other things I wanted to mention about Tori is, you know, she and i are fellow michiganders or is it michiganians it's
1: michiganders 100 it's, it's not
0: michiganians no okay because i looked it up and seems like michiganian is like the actual term but we mm. say michiganders
1: michiganders are say they're michiganders
0: we say yeah right michiganders say michiganders so anyway michigander tory smith is here um so tory i'm just going to start already oh and one more thing before we start if you've got questions We've got answers, like the old Radio Shack slogan. Nobody remembers what that is, though. I remember. You remember. Yeah. Okay. We, we hope that you will join us in this. You, we are driven by your questions, so please feel free to drop them in the chat. Let us know where you're uh, typing from, watching from. Let us know your name, all that stuff.
1: Especially if you're a Michigander.
0: <laughs> if we have some people from Michigan, that would be awesome. Yeah, and where in Michigan are you from?
1: I am from Jackson, Jackson, Michigan. So right here on the hand.
0: Right there. Yeah, I'm, I'm from the Detroit area. So anyway, we fly into the same airport. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but I wanted to get into this real quick. So, so first question, just set the stage for us. What are we seeing when we see those ships parked off the coast? What are we seeing when we see these bare shelves? What is the cause?
1: Yeah, so I think a lot of people, Tim, tell you that the cause is because of COVID, or it's because of increased consumer demand. So you and I are out there, we got money in our pocket, and we're buying more. And, I mean, I think there's a lot of different factors that play into it, but I think that the government and the Biden administration specifically is using that as a scapegoat to cover up the decades of horrible government policies that embolden unions, disincentivize work, and make it more difficult for Americans to just buy and sell with the world. And on top of that, blaming China for our problems, which we can all agree on China and trade that we have some issues, right? Mm-hmm. But if we've got 50 ships piled up in our ports, I don't think that trade with China is a problem because if it were, there wouldn't be any ships. So let
0: me, let me just ask you this because, you know, um, people in the Biden administration will say, hey, but without this, we wouldn't have this. We didn't have this five years ago. We didn't have this three years ago. So how, how are they justifying saying that? saying that it is because of COVID that this is happening?
1: Well, the thing is, is like I said, it's a multitude of factors. So all of these different things that the Biden administration is, is saying play into the equation. Mm. But the root cause of the problem, these are all kind of like symptoms okay. of a larger disease that is on our supply chains and, and the way that the government is controlling our everyday consumer choices. Mm. But the, the symptoms are, you know, the empty shelves. The symptoms are the port uh, the, the the ships in the port yep. but the root cause is labor unions and longshoremen that are part of those unions refusing to work hmm. literally 24/7 means four days a week eight hours a day wow that doesn't sound like 24/7 to me
0: no, I mean, we see this all over the country. There, People are dropping out of the labor force. People have stopped looking for work. People, people are just not showing up, like you said. I mean, they were given an incentive not to yep. from the federal government when they were paid to stay home, paid va- unemployment benefits and things like that. So these are real, real consequences. And folks, please... Uh, feel free to drop your questions in the chat as we keep this thing going here. Um, we've got uh, we've got one coming in Let's see here. Maria, she's watching from New York on YouTube. Hey, Maria, thanks so much for being here with us. Um, she wants to know if COVID-19 is the main culprit of the crisis or is this some, something else at play here? I think you, you you covered that pretty well, unless you had anything else to add to it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the only thing that I would add to that, Tim and Maria, is, yes, COVID-19 plays a role because you have these shutdowns of factories, not only in the U.S. during the pandemic, but all around the world. Sure. Um, but again, let's not let the government use COVID-19 as a scapegoat once again for more bad government policies. So, you know, COVID-19 is a scapegoat for a $3.5 trillion spending bill. <laughs> you know, COVID-19 is the, sca- is the scapegoat for everything. It's time to get past that and realize that actually the government was the problem. Mm. I think I told Tim this earlier, it put its hand in the cookie jar to control all the decisions that we make. And we got to get the hand out of the cookie jar.
0: Yeah, and it's funny because uh, I was talking... Uh, was, and of course this is anecdotal, I mean, everybody talks to somebody and they have, oh, this is happening, but it was a really good point And it was, this didn't happen um, when uh, President Trump was handling the administration. This didn't happen. These, these ships off the coast, it wasn't happening. This seems characteristic and symptomatic of a new administration.
1: And not only that, Tim, but this didn't happen during the 2008 financial crisis either. Hmm. We're wow. talking about yeah. massive financial crisis, major disruptions in the global supply chains. Hmm. And yet you didn't see these sorts of stalemates of processing of goods being into the ports oh. during that, which was a much greater economic downturn than the one that we've experienced over the last um, you know year or so.
0: Yeah. So Sandy, she's watching in New Mexico, uh, Sandy, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Um, she brings up an awesome point, And this is something that, you know, we're talking about the ships, but, but, you know, once the ships come into port and they unload the ships, they got to get on trucks or they got to get on trains. And that's a whole nother issue here. And she says, uh, the crossroad of I-25 and I-40 are very congested with truckers. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand why truckers are being blamed. Uh, is it more unions blocking independent truckers? That's a, I mean, that's a really good question.
1: Yeah. So this is a really complicated one as well, and it plays into the equation. So you have, first of all, um, you have California laws that make it really difficult to be an independent trucker mm-hmm. in the state of California. On top of that, you have environmental regulations that make it difficult for truckers to stay in business because they're being forced in the, in the very near future to upgrade to these eco-friendly trucks that are in insanely expensive. Wow. And so that's going to disincentivize you from future, from having a future career in trucking, mm. right? If you're going to be hamstrung by the government to mm. be able to do your job. Um, and wow. then on top of that, you're not even getting goods processed at the port to go onto the trucks because of the issue with the longshoreman that I was saying before.
0: Wow. And let's also not forget when you extend unemployment benefits to people That disincentivizes work as well. Let's continue to press into that because, again, these are many different factors coming together, and most of them are bad government policy. Yep. I mean that is really, really incredible. Um, we got Julie. Uh, she's watching on Facebook from Michigan. Julie, thank you so much Aww, for thanks, for being there. Yeah, it's great. Hopefully, uh, hopefully wherever you are, it's not too cold or cloudy. Uh, <laughs> you know, one of the benefits of living away from Michigan is not seeing clouds most of the year. But that's true. It's still a beautiful state. You guys
1: have a better summer though.
0: That's true. Our
1: there summer here is the swamp is a real thing.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, uh, Irene is uh, she escaped Michigan? She's in Florida now. Thanks, Irene. Appreciate you watching. So, all right, let me let me just... I, I'm, I'm curious because back in August, I was uh, just scrolling through the news and I came across this, this headline with Vice President Harris saying something along the lines of get your Christmas presents early, mm. alluding to the fact that there were going to be problems in the supply chain. And I... She must have known something the rest of the world didn't know because nobody was talking about it. She said something about it. So my question is, is that why wasn't there anything done once she posited that? Because that obviously isn't going to be a good situation if you're being told to shop in August for Christmas presents (laughs) um, more than proactivity. Um, So what was some of the things that could have been done or should have been done back then when that was being posited?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we saw these things being on the horizon, I think, long before now. These ships have been piling up in, in L.A. for months. Okay. And now it's just in the mainstream media and everyone's talking about it. But it wasn't just one day 50 ships showed up, hmm. right? They've been collecting there over time. Huh. Um, so I think that, you know, the one of the first things that we could have been doing is reducing some of the policies that, one, disincentivize work, as yeah. this is going to be a theme, I think, for us think, the whole I, but time. But I
0: think it's worth it. This, yeah. is, the, this is the real
1: story. Um, but also, you know, addressing some of these current concerns with the unions that are in the actual ports. I mean, you have to remember, these ports are state-owned ports. Yeah. They are run by the government. Um, the, there are unions and union workers who are there, and they are not, responding to supply and demand. Hmm. When there is an increase in demand for the processing in a port, you you run more shifts. You know, my dad is a business owner in Michigan. Yes. Um in Jackson and when he is busy, they don't just run first shift. They run second shift. They run third shift. They run overtime. My dad works extra hours. He works the weekend. And, and m- the
0: ports aren't doing this. They're not going 24/7 right now. I mean
1: No. Oh I gosh. mean, Biden says magic ticket last week or so that now the port of L.A. finally is going to be running 24-7. But the port of Long Beach was allegedly running 24-7 yeah. uh, a couple of months prior. But, again, that, that doesn't mean 24-7 like you and I think it means 24-7 like every single hour of the day. Right. It means, oh, we'll work, you know, for 10 hours instead of eight hours five days a week or something like that. So, but oh. the thing is, is with my, you know, with my dad's company... If they don't meet their deadlines, Mm. they will lose the business to someone else. And Mm. the problem is you have this government-run port, um, and where is that business going to go? It's going to pile up, and then you and I pay the consequences for not only not having our products that we would like to buy, um, but I'm sure that somehow Biden made some sort of deal with this union to get them to run alleged 24-7 ships.
0: As it probably is happening. But one of the interesting things that I'm seeing, and by the way, folks, thank you so much for commenting. It's so great to see everybody watching. Um, please let us know if we're not hitting something that you want us to hit. We'd we'll be more than happy to take it on uh, for you. One thing that I saw, Tori, is... Governor DeSantis stepping up and saying, hey, we're making capacity. If you want to come to our ports, come to our ports kind of a thing. And, and we'll, we'll help get this thing going. We'll help do this. We'll help alleviate the, uh, the stockpiles kind of a thing. Um, I'm wondering, is, is, is this going to be one of the fixes outside of the government? Instead of looking to D.C., should we be looking to Florida? Should we be looking elsewhere?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that there is some legitimacy to going to some other ports. The problem is just logistics, okay. um, partially. So you have logistics of all the paperwork that these companies have filed to be able to have their goods processed in the port of LA or the port um, or or the, or the adjacent port there. Um, you also have the port of Seattle, mm-hmm. uh, which is on the on the west coast as well. But again, um, there's a lot of planning that goes into where your what port your goods are going to. Not to mention then you have the different the different navigation of going through the. Panama Canal. Of course. Um, yeah. Rather than just coming straight over to the West Coast and then getting on a truck or rail. Right. So it's definitely complex logistically mm-hmm. uh, to make that happen. But I think it's great and innovative that at least the offers are out there and people are thinking outside the box on how do we get these goods off the container off the ships and out of the containers as quickly as possible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Here's a this is a really good question from uh, Buddy watching on Facebook. Hey, Buddy. Um are there no other ports on the West Coast that could accept these ships if California wants to make these insane laws policies take the business elsewhere he 's kind of kind of hinting at what we just asked here, so I think that 's a really interesting point, but again, like you said, logistics
1: yeah i mean there 's logistics, and also you know the port of l a and the and the adjacent ports there they handle a large volume of of container ships coming in from Asia. I mean just the proximity alone makes it yeah. more affordable to ship to those ports. But then you also have the, the next major set of ports is the the um the port of Seattle. Right. But you know Washington State has its own issues as well. Sure. Um and it's a very high volume port. So I think it's you know six in one basket, half a dozen in another when it comes to the options there on the West Coast.
0: For sure. Yeah absolutely uh christine she's watching from south carolina hey christine thank you so much for being here kevin in kentucky 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 great place love
1: kentucky love love kentucky
0: a little bit of bourbon if you if you're into that persuasion if not then you can have apple juice it kind of looks the same i'm here
1: for the bourbon for
0: the bourbon absolutely absolutely (laughs) hey by the way just a real quick aside here Michigan-Michigan State is coming up. Are you a Michigan State Spartan, or are you University of Michigan? Oh, I'm I'm a Spartan
1: all the way. Go green to all the fellow Sparties out there, and uh, we got to buy this week so we can prep to face Michigan. Of
0: course. And,
1: uh, you know, there's five teams, last I checked before this past week, five teams in the Big Ten in the top 25.
0: That's and probably better than ever before or something. It is a record, yeah, actually, yeah. for the
1: conference. I'm okay. very happy with the big time. Yeah,
0: and this is such a Michigan-centric episode, <laughs> only because Tori forced me to do it. That's the only reason she forced oh, me to do oh. it.
1: He'd never talk about <laughs> Michigan if I wasn't here.
0: Never. No way, no way, no way. So, hey, um, let's, let's just get back to this, because I wanted to cover something that, was, that was, um, we saw w- w- is, is a big deal. What is, what is China's role? In Mm -hmm. all of this stuff, you mentioned it earlier, Mm -hmm. but I just wanted to hone in a little bit more on this because obviously they have um, a pretty significant part of our trade relationship Mm -hmm. and this has to be uh, affected because of our dealings with them. So just talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we do import a lot of goods from China. The majority of the goods that come from China actually come through ports in the West Coast um, because, again, of proximity. It's a lot easier to ship things just across one ocean way. Yeah. Um, so that that is a factor. And you have to remember, um, you know, during the Trump administration, we have a lot more tariffs on goods coming from China. So it makes it more expensive already for us to buy those goods, um, which the Heritage Foundation has been very vocal on holding China accountable while not taxing you to do that. And the tariffs we have in place are taxes on you to make it more expensive. So but in terms of the, the supply chain issues that we're dealing with, there's a lot of, I think, misinformation going on out there um, that this is China's fault or China's playing a factor because there was some news about China having a couple ports that were closed okay. uh, for a period of time having to do with I think, COVID outbreaks or something like that. Um, and, but we, I'm assuming, have many of the ships that are in, that are in, uh, you know, in the port area are probably from China. Mm-hmm. Um, and if... Trade with China was a problem if we weren't getting goods from China, or if China was holding things back, or whatever it was, yeah. we wouldn't have that buildup of ships. So I think that this is sort of a s- very separate from the China issue, and I think again it's being used as kind of another distraction mechanism from the real issues, which is all the government policies that have enabled this storm to really get moving.
0: Yeah, yeah, this is your issue, and we're going to link to some of the stuff that you've written on our, our relationship with with uh, China and trade, mm-hmm. uh, very good context to keep in mind once you get to the, to the heart of the issue that's happening here. Um, tell me a little bit more. I'm, I'm curious because um, we see this talk about vaccine mandates. Mm-hmm. Okay. We know that that is an issue right now. We saw what happened when, you know, with the Southwest Airlines yeah. uh, uh, um, issue that went on. And, you know, that story
1: up. was totally on the down low Hmm. For, you know, I had I had read stories of like a thousand Southwest flights that were canceled over a weekend. And it wasn't until later on. They're like, oh, it's the weather. It's a hurricane. And then, oh, no, it's because they were boycotting a vaccine mandate.
0: Right. Right. So I have to imagine that that is going to continue to play a role in this. And again, top down, D.C. to the rest of us affecting our way of life, our livelihood.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Any, any government policy that is going to make it more difficult, one, for employers to hire people, for employers to have employees show up for work, um, and any policies that are disincentivizing work, whether they're new policies or existing ones, are going to exacerbate this problem. Hmm. Um, and I, I mean, I, I think government not only is actively making this problem worse, but they caused this problem and they set up the groundwork for this problem to mm. take place if that makes sense so it wasn't happening but the the environment started getting right we started seeing you know some fears of this happening and th- then it you know was gangbusters um, you know post basically these policies enabled this to happen and we're like kind of waiting in the wings and made it worse. Okay,
0: so you talk about policies. Let's let's move to a little bit more proactivity here. Mm-hmm. What what can be done right now? And and I've, I've I've seen this question, heard this question, and it's and it's um it's important to ask. Um I'm not sure uh the administration at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue is taking it as seriously as we would hope, mm-hmm. but I'm curious if you have a couple uh, thoughts as to a good way of taking this on in the in the immediate right now. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, policy number 1 is to actually ensure that there is 24/7 processing mm. of goods in the ports. Yep. Um, we we have to be getting those things uh, getting those things moving and not to mention we're not even just talking about, you know, goods like tricycles and things you're going to buy your children for Christmas. Yes, we're yeah. talking about perishable goods as well. Huh. So, okay. I mean, there's a multitude of things that are on a clock to get off of those ships. Otherwise, they'll be no use to us once they get to us. Um, So processing as quickly as possible um, is, is number one. Um, making it easier for these truckers to be able to, to do their jobs too, so, right? Yeah, um, if you nice. have if you have goods in the port, but you don't have anyone to take it to the rail or to take it to the grocery store or to take it to the wholesaler or whoever it might be, then you just got a bunch of goods sitting around yeah. um, in a container. So, you know, that's, that is definitely number two. So that has to be, you know, making it easier for independent, um, you know, truckers to get Sweet. out there. Um, and then the last thing I would say Tim is on the trade side, there's this really archaic policy called the Jones Act yeah. that um, basically makes it near impossible for us to ship goods from one US port to another.
0: So Philadelphia down to Florida. Yes. Is hard to is hard because it has to be a... it
1: has to be on a US made, US manned, US flagged Ship. Yeah, which sounds
0: good. Sure, but...
1: it sounds good, but there's really not many of these things in existence, and mm. they're all you know typically being used. Um, you know, there's been a lot of stories in the past of there was this really famous story a while back in New Jersey um, where they ran out of salt for the yeah. roads and had a huge yeah. snowstorm coming in, and who had salt? Florida had salt or South Carolina or something like that. And they could not get the salt up to New Jersey. So there's a salt shortage in New Jersey, even though there was a surplus in another US state. So I mean we have the commerce clause so you can ship things without barriers between US states, but apparently that doesn't count when it's over No, it's funny,
0: we met with a distiller of rum, a rum distiller in Hawaii who it's cheaper for him to ship from Hawaii to Australia, mm-hmm. and then Australia to California to get his rum to the continental U.S. Yep. because of the Jones Act, because, yep. it has, because it's so much more expensive to have these ships manned by, you know, Union crews and things like that. It is, it is a really huge deal.
1: It really is. Yeah.
0: Well, anyway, I think we're going to leave it there for, for today, Tori. This is a huge issue. It's developing. We're going to be back on this. So please continue to follow it, track it. And, uh, you know, I'll just say this, you know, whoever, whatever team is playing the University of Michigan is my favorite team. So when they play... Michigan State Spartans will be my favorite team. Good. Yes.
1: Good. I'm the same way about OSU and and U of M. Oh, okay. Whenever, whoever's playing them, I'm rooting for the other person.
0: Right. Okay. Well, that's good. That's that's (laughs) awesome. And everybody else in the country, not from Michigan, we really appreciate you watching today. We
1: really do. We
0: really, really do. And we love you as much as well. So thank you so much, everybody. And uh, we'll see you next time. And that's a wrap for this episode of Heritage Explains Live. Now, we are doing these things constantly, so please watch your inbox, watch the notifications on Twitter, because we'll always let you know when we're about to do them live. So please join us then and let us know your questions. Otherwise, leave us a comment. You can like the podcast anywhere you listen, and we'll see you next time for the next episode.
1: Heritage Explains is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. It is produced by Michelle Cordero and Tim Desher
0: with editing by John Pop.